welcome back to the Thundersticks Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Kreider, and today I am going to be going over tonight's game preview, matching the Thunder against the New Orleans Pelicans. But before I go into that, I just want to mention that I posted a different podcast a few hours ago from when this one is being released. In that one, I reviewed our last three games, as well as who's at the bottom of the lottery and if Sam Presti can make a trade for Marvin Bagley. So if you guys are interested in any of that, I highly suggest checking out my other podcast I did today. If not, and you guys just want to listen to the game preview, here it is, so you guys enjoy. So... Just getting into the game versus the Pelicans. Tip-off starts at 7 p.m. We're going to be playing in New Orleans this time. This is not the first time we have matched up against the Pelicans this season. We played them on New Year's Eve. But um, yeah, so we're going to be heading over to New Orleans. This is our third game out of our five-game road trip. And then we finally go back to OKC for a couple games. But the Thunder are coming into this game with a 2-4 and four record. We just came off that major 28-point loss versus the Miami Heat. And for the Pelicans, they are also coming off a loss of their own. They barely lost their game to the Indiana Pacers. They ended up losing this one 118-116 to in overtime, but... We're going to be entering this looking to get some revenge here. I mean, we got really just humiliated in the first matchup. We ended up losing 113-80 to on New Year's Eve. That was the biggest loss of the season for us at um, 33 points. So we definitely want to be able to come back stronger. For the Thunder, we still have the same three out as we did on Monday with the Heat. We do not have Ty Jerome, Trevor Rees is still gone, and Poku is still in the NBA's concussion protocol. Now, for the Pelicans, they have one player out, and that is Sindarius Thornwell. I really don't think it's going to matter too much because Thornwell only played three minutes in our first matchup, and I mean, the game was decided for a lot longer than three minutes, so... He was probably 15 out of 15 on the rotation that day. He's not going to be seeing the court, so I guess we will not have to worry about him if he was a problem in the first place. But yeah, they got all the key players healthy in this one, so we're really just looking at a straight-up rematch. We don't get any kind of extra boosts like we did in the Magic game where they didn't have Fournier. We got a ton to prove in this game. Let me give you guys the Thunder's numbers entering the game in New Orleans. We are the worst scoring team in the NBA right now. We are averaging 100.3 points per game. And for reference, the second worst team in the league when it comes to points per game is the New York Knicks. And they are putting up 103.3. So there's a huge gap between 29th and 30th. We have a lot of ground to make up in terms of the scoring category, and this is going to be one of those games where we need to improve there. We're shooting the third most 
three-pointer attempts in the NBA right now. We are shooting close to 41 three balls a game. But we're tied for dead last in the league in three-point percentage at 31.4. So for the volumes, we're jacking it up. We're not hitting as close to what we'd want it to be. We need to raise that three-point percentage up big time. And then one of the issues that could potentially lead to us shooting so bad from downtown is we're not able to create good looks. We are 26th in the league in assists per game. We're only averaging 22. And on top of that, we're averaging 15 turnovers a night. So passing the ball has become a problem as well as holding on to the ball. So we have a major issue there when it comes to just keeping control of things. The combination when it comes to us not being able to produce points, us not having a good three-point percentage, and not being able to get players open or handle the ball, that's going to lead to a lot of these blowout losses. On average, the point differential in our games is negative 10.3. And out of our four losses so far this year, three of them have been by double figures. And out of those three, two of them were 20-plus. The Miami one, and then obviously the first game against the Pelicans. Here are my keys to the game to prevent another blowout loss. I think number one, you need to address the ball movement here. Specifically in the Thunder's last game versus the Heat, there seemed to be like no ball movement at all. And players just weren't moving around to get themselves open. We were kind of just running ISO and maybe a high pick and roll. But we had two to three stagnant guys pretty much the whole entire game. And whenever we were passing the ball around, it was kind of a hot potato deal where the shot clock was running down and we just need somebody to jack up a shot. So we were putting up a ton of prayers in this previous game. And that's why we shot so bad and that's why we ended up losing by 20 plus in that one but we just got to dump the ball around and hit the open man we got to be moving there's no need to just be staying still it clearly has not worked we need people cutting to the basket that's some players like george hill that's like one of his bread and butter moves right there i didn't see george hill having any actions on any sort of cuts in this heat game unless i was missing something but there didn't seem to be a lot of action. We need more action. And if we're running around trying to tire out this Pelicans defense, we might be able to get some better looks because we have had issues getting those. Second thing, SGA needs to shoot the three ball. He has been left wide open countless times throughout the season. And in the beginning parts of the year, shooting was not an issue in terms of if he was open, he'd just jack it up right then and there. What has happened, though, is he just started this season on a funky note. Like, he has been super cold from downtown. He's shooting 29.7% on six attempts a game. And it seems like these struggles may have had some sort of mental toll on SGA because he just has not looked to shoot the three ball at all. And I'd say these past two or three games with us. And defenses are giving him the space to do so. They want him to shoot the ball because they know that he has been struggling right now. And instead of trying to 
get out of that funk. He's kind of just been trying to settle for what has been working in the early parts of the year. The first maybe three, four games of the year, SGA was able to just drive inside and find open people. But now teams are starting to kind of catch on to SGA's play style. And they're going to try to force him to shoot that three because of how bad he's doing right now. And what he has resulted to has just been driving in and trying to kick out. And what has ended up happening is since the defenses have game planned for SGA driving, there's been lots and lots of turnovers coming from his way. I believe he's averaging over three turnovers per game right now. And it's because he's driving inside. He thinks he has the lane. And then the big guy swoops in. He ends up getting doubled down low. And what, he can't dish it out to the corner at that point. He's almost trapped. So he ends up having to heave it really in desperation mode for a Thunder guy to get. And obviously those 50-50 balls, we're not going to be getting every single one of them. Defenses have done a great job just stopping SGA when it came to going inside. And I think the Pelicans are well aware of SGA's shooting struggles right now. So they're going to have this game plan of forcing him to shoot. Question is, will he be shooting? I hope he does because let's be real here. The only way he is going to get out of this funk that he's in is by shooting the basketball. And if he's wide open, he needs to be taking it. It's not that difficult of a concept, really. And SGA is a great player. He pe Penetration-wise, he's great. Passing-wise, he's great. He's probably our best playmaker on the team. And shot creator, he probably is too. He just hasn't had the ball go through the basket much. And... If you're going to be one of our premier like scorer, our first option, you need to be okay with kind of having these slumps and you need to be able to get yourself out of them. And the position we're in right now, it's pretty obvious our intentions are to develop our young players and kind of go into a sort of rebuild mode. I don't think Mark Dagnalt or anyone in the Thunder organization would have an issue with SGA just chucking up 15 threes in this game. And hey, if they're not falling, whatever. They just want to see him be successful. And if SGA's jacking it up, he's going to have one of these games where he picks it back up. And the hope is he gets back to his sophomore season form where he's shooting almost 40% from downtown. I'm hopeful that he'll be able to get things going again. But the only way that it will happen is if he is willing to start jacking up shots again. As I said like a minute ago, like Dagnall probably wants him to do this stuff. He has thrown out our bench lineups in games where really we weren't even down that much. Like we're down 12 points and Dagnall sends out the second and third stringers against the starters. He, he's just testing stuff out and he wants SGA to test himself and push himself from beyond the arc. So, hope SGA is able to shoot the ball from deep, and if he gets it going, I think that's probably our best hope for a victory tonight. But I think one, of the, maybe even the bigger factor here would be keeping the paint under lockdown. 
In the first Thunder Pelicans matchup, the Pelicans dropped 20 points in the paint in the first quarter alone. And by the end of this game, they had 54 points in the paint. I'm just going to say it. If we can't stop them down low in tonight's game, I don't really see us winning this ball game. The Thunder have not been able to contain the paint really all season, and it wasn't really a one-off thing where the Pelicans were able to do so well in the opening stages inside and really just throughout the game. Like The Orlando Magic, in their first matchup of the year, they had 24 points in the paint in the first quarter alone, but by the end of it, they had 72 points coming from the paint. And that's due to us just not having bigs. I think in that one, Al Horford was sitting. If that makes an impact, I think it probably would. But the point still stands. Like, we're having issues on interior defense. And Steven Adams, as we know, one of the strongest guys in the league, is going to be an issue down low. And he was not passive like we've been used to in this first Thunder Pelicans game. I mean... I think he scored like eight first quarter points in the first matchup and he racked up, I'd say 14 by the end of things. He was all about being aggressive and if he's going to be aggressive on Al Horford, I believe he will be successful because Adams is going to be pushing around anybody you put in front of this guy, whether it's Horford, whether it's Baisley, Muscala, SGA, like throw anyone out there and he'll back them down and he'll be able to create a shot. It just comes down to, you know, is he willing to take them inside? Because sometimes he just doesn't feel like shooting the ball for some reason. Zion Williamson's the other big name inside for the Pelicans. And we already know how tough of a guy he is to stop. Baisley actually did a pretty solid job in this uh, first matchup of getting Williamson off the court, not necessarily making him miss any shots, but Baisley was able to drive into Zion and get him into foul trouble early. I think he had four fouls by the seven-minute mark in the third. So that's probably the the way you want to go with Zion. You want to be able to get some quick fouls on him to just stop him because he's a tank, and he is stronger than probably the majority of our team, maybe like one or two people on our team may be stronger than Zion, and I may even be pushing it there. He's so athletic, and when he's driving into the basket, he's pretty much going to force a foul, or he's going to get two points. That's about the only two options you have with him. He has a full head of steam driving inside, and we don't want to give him any opportunities to do so, because if he can, it will be... It will be really bad for us. And in general, I think we need to mention the guards. You can talk about Adams and Williamson just being enforcers down low. Let's talk about the penetration for a little bit because there have been so many layups that guards have just been able to walk into. The lane is wide open and they just hit them. You know, the one that sticks out to me is Dwayne Bacon of the Orlando Magic had 18 points on 9 of 10 shooting like a week ago. And I, f- I think all of them were layups. Like two foot layups, not contested at all. 
we cannot be giving pass to the lane to anybody. And I don't know if maybe Bacon was scoring because they had a stretch big or something out there. But if we have a big man down low, penetration should be completely shut down. But it seems like these opposing teams are just exploiting us inside. And the guards just have a free free path to the lane and free couple of points right there. So that has to stop immediately. It needs to stop tonight in terms of guards getting inside. Really centers too, but particularly guards. We cannot be allowing this kind of stuff to continue to go on. And that's why the key players in this game, at least in my opinion, are the Thunder Bigs. So that'd be Al Horford, Darius Baisley, Mike Muscala, and Isaiah Roby. The Pelicans are 26th in three-point percentage. They're only shooting 32.3% from there. So if the Bigs are able to shut down the paint and shut down these penetrations from these guards, it's going to force the Pelicans offense to start jacking up some threes. And that's going to be a personal win for these Thunder Bigs, but it also is going to probably limit their points big time. And not just maybe, it definitely will because they have been getting easy buckets every time they get in the paint, these teams. If they're going to have to risk it from downtown with such a low percentage, we want to we want to make them gamble. And I think it will pay out a good majority of this game. They have guys like uh, Brandon Ingram, for instance, who can definitely create shots for their team. They have Josh Hart off the bench, JJ Redick. They're all shooters. But outside of that, I really don't see any crazy good shooters for them. Guys like Lonzo Ball. We know Adams and Williamson can't really shoot that well. I mean, they have Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who was solid in the first one, but I'm not so confident in his three ball yet. They're going to have to be jacking up way too many of these threes, and they don't want to have to do that. And the reason they'd be doing that is just due to us being physical down low. So truthfully, on the offensive side of things, I'm really not too concerned with how these bigs play. But this win is going to have to start with the defense. And it's going to have to be a full 48 minutes of just dominance on the defensive side of things. We cannot be giving up Adams layups, Zion drives, him getting to the line, bald penetrating over and over again. It just simply can't happen. So if they can lock things down, it's going to open up so much more for us. I think that will probably be our best route at a Thunder victory. If I were to give you guys my final score prediction of this game, I'm going to give it to the Pelicans 114 to 109. I think it's going to be close. And truthfully, I think the Thunder Bigs will have a much better performance compared to the first time they played the Pelicans, but I still think that these big guys like Zion and Adams will have some sort of success. So, though I don't think they're going to be dropping 54 points in the paint again, I think they're going to be putting up solid numbers inside and from downtown. I think they're going to shoot a lot from there. But I think there's just going to be too many of those that goes in, and that's what ends up pushing them on the high side of things. 
by five points. For OKC, I'm actually really excited for this one because the Baisley-Williamson matchup is so perfect. It's the best test for Baisley, and I think he's going to do successful. He's debatably had his best two games of the season like in a row, and he's entering this one probably super-duper confident. In the Miami Heat game, I think Baisley dropped like 15-8, and eight, and he was able to create from inside as well as like pull-up jumpers, as well as just three-point shots. I think he hit two in a row right in a defender's face. But I'm liking him on the offensive end, and I think he will have a big role on this offense. So I don't know about percentage-wise, but I think he's going to get a good amount of shots up and I think this is probably the game he cracks 20 points. SGA, I think he's going to shoot a lot of threes. I feel like he may have been pulled to the side by Mark Dagnall and maybe he said like, hey man, we're comfortable with you shooting a lot. Like we don't care what the result is. Maybe this is just a conversation going on in my head. It probably is, but I just feel like someone has probably told SGA it's fine that he's struggling and I think this will be a night where he is trying to shoot the three ball. And I think a good amount of them will go in. So I do think he will have a big scoring night for us. And then guys like George Hill, Mike Muscala, Lou Dort, they all were in single digits in our last game. I think all three of those guys will be in double digits tonight. So I think there's going to be a little bit of firepower from some of those role players of ours and that's going to be what ends up keeping us around in this game if i had to choose who our leading the score of the game would be i'm gonna pick sga just by like a hair i think Baisley will have a really good performance as well just sga is our guy so he's gonna be shooting a lot more than Baisley is i'm just gonna put it that way Hopefully he's jacking up shots all night and getting some to fall. He should be around, I'd say like the 23, 24 point mark. But anyways, guys, that is going to wrap up today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed and I will talk to you guys next time. See ya.